Hello everybody, here we are at Strata New York City. Uh, I'm here talking with Sushil Thomas, the CEO and co-founder of Arcadia Data. Uh, earlier this year we published a paper on the data native concept that is at the core of the Arcadia Data product. Uh, Sushil has been telling me that there's a new extension to that called search-based BI that is quite relevant to extending and making the data native concept more effective. Could you tell me about um, search-based BI? Yeah, absolutely, Diane. It's great to be here. Um, so what we do with search-based BI is, you know, what our customers are telling us is that with their traditional BI deployments that happen in the organization, the tooling and the data is still limited to getting used by data analysts and data scientists within the organization, right? So the line of business users, the executives, typically have to call on IT and go through a lengthy process to get any results back from their data. So what we're announcing with Search-based BI this week is we're announcing a mechanism by which your non-technical business users who have a lot of domain expertise in the business but don't necessarily understand the ways in which data gets generated and analyzed, they get a simple Google-like interface where they can type in natural language questions and get results back from the data in a visual form. What's an example of a query and a result? So, um, as a very, very simple example, uh, let me talk about a data set that maybe is more relatable to us, right? So let's talk about US state populations, right? So let's say you have a data set which tracks a year, a state, and a population, right? Like in 1990, California has so many people and so on. So very simple data set. But of course it covers, like in the BI world, there's two dimensions over here, right? The, they are on potentially a geo hierarchy and a time hierarchy, right? And there's a metric, which is a population. So with that very, very simple data set, if you typically load it into a BI tool, you still have to know so much about that BI tool in order to navigate that information and to build something with it, right? With a search-based BI tool like Arcadia, what happens is you get a search bar where you go in and you ask, show me population trends by time and it shows you a line chart showing you the trend of that population by time, the trend of population by time. So you can see what the growth looks like and you can see an overlay of a linear regression curve on top of that, right? You can ask questions like, what is the population of California in 1950? And get an answer back, right? Which is a literal number, which is the actual population of California. You can ask, show me state populations in 1950 and you automatically get back a map of the US that shows you Hi, Gina. Uh, how, are you? how are you doing? Good. Good. I don't want to interrupt. No worries. No worries. <laughs> it's always get, nice to get a, a French double kiss greeting during a podcast. <laughs> I would never say no to that. All right, let's. I'll go uh, a little bit I'm back. Sorry, and Sushil, going. I'm not going to give you the double kiss greeting. For, for, Maybe uh, at the end of the meeting when yeah, we know yeah, each other yeah, better. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Oh, by the way, that was Gina Blaber, uh, one of the conference organizers who uh, I've known for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you can ask questions like, show me the state populations in 1950, and this time we'll show you a map of the U.S. with the state populations drawn in color as a choroplan, right? So you can see the darker colors are the ones with higher population, right? So just for your non-technical business users to not need to know anything about the tooling, to be able to have answers 
directly from simple natural language questions that they have about the data is very powerful. Right. Well, what, what happens then when the, their questions become more complex? Do you stay in that search interface or do you go to a different type of interface? Yeah, so that's the benefit of, um, of doing this within Arcadia. So as you know, Arcadia is a fully featured BI tool, BI platform, in addition to this new capability that we're adding on. So you have basically two routes out of this. You can keep asking more specific questions in search and it's actually kind of amazing what we are able to do with it already and all the work that we are working on in the future as well. But you can also drop down into the Arcadia advanced interfaces to start making very specific modifications, right? So we expect the data analysts and the data scientists as well, the ones that understand the tooling and the data very well, we expect them also to begin with search because even for them, it's a pain to start with the tool and with everything that the tool sort of forces on you from an interface perspective. So we expect them also to begin with search and then to refine it by using our advanced capabilities and drag and drop tool. Now, one of the things it seems that would be useful in that paradigm would be the ability to create sort of more advanced patterns so that if you happen to be in a search yes. uh, 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 context in which now all of a sudden you have three variables and you know one variable you're plotting against or, or, or trying to correlate, all of a sudden the system recognizes that and then gives you a, a pattern that you've already planned on uh, you know, applying to data. That's very good, Dad, and we'll, we'll maybe work with you in the future on what to change in the product as well, because those are all the things that work now and the things that we are building as well, right? So essentially, as you get more and more information from users on what's important in the data through these questions that they're asking, right? The AI system is also going through a learning process of understanding which variables get used together and in what form. And when people ask these particular questions, these are the modifiers they normally apply to it, right? So we basically go through and we suggest things to, to people based on what they are asking, right? Uh, we also go through and when you get into these visual recommendations, we have an AI-driven visual insight tool as well, where you can go in and say, I'll, this is the data I want, this is not the form in which I want this data. Show me other ways in which I can present this information, right? And we go through and make suggestions on what are the ways in which you can present the information or you can pick the particular visualization that makes sense to you as well. So, you know, you begin very, very simply, but very quickly you get into, I need to get a little bit richer and a little bit deeper in the tool. And we have those interfaces, many of them present, many of them that we are continuing to work on, right? This is not something you build on a day and then you're done. It's like a learning process. We'd be building over over the next few years and making it better as well. But it's amazing how much of it works already. Now, I wanted to now return to the core concept of the data native uh, way of doing analytics. Yeah. And uh, there are four core uh, elements of the data native approach and now extended by the the, the, the search, uh, search based BI. Yeah. Um, but what I'd like to do for our listeners is go back and talk about why Arcadia Data is pushing a different way of thinking about how to do analytics. Right. So th there's four characteristics, and I'd like to talk about each of them in, in a row. The first characteristic is the idea of you analyze the data in place as part of a data-native construct. Why do you do that, and why is that important? Yeah. <clears throat> so. And what does it mean to analyze the data in place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. So basically, um, I think there are two broad problems uh, in large organizations today when it comes to data analysis. And li it's literally in the, w in, the, in the terms data analysis, right? Like problem number one is 
access to analysis, right? So basically, as a business user in an organization, do you have access to analysis, right? Can you ask these simple questions, get simple answers back? Can you navigate your information in a useful way, right? That's, that's one problem. The second problem that we've seen breakthrough in the last five to 10 years uh, is big data, right? So we are beyond the big data era at this point. Like every large organization has a big data problem. They have all these data assets that are hitting them every day that are being stored on these open source platforms for the most part, right? So on Hadoop, um, now they're streaming information through Kafka, they're storing things in the cloud with, with S3 and with Azure, with Google Cloud, things like that, right? So what happens in that world is you have a large amount of data that is stored already within your organization. When you bring an analysis tool into the picture, if the analysis tool comes with the notion of first move your data to me and then I'll help you do analysis, you're dead on arrival, right? Because these are very, very complex and large data architectures that have been built out. So Arcadia is the only tool at this point that works natively with all of your data in Hadoop, in the cloud, in Kafka, right? So we never move data out of those platforms. We have a native parallel engine that runs in cluster on your Hadoop nodes, that runs in an elastic compute tier if you're on the cloud, and that uses KSQL to work directly with Kafka and do in-stream analytics, right? So the modern data platforms that you brought up in your organizations, Arcadia never needs you to move the information from there. All the security controls, all the curation you've done for that data is accessible immediately to Arcadia and all the functionality like the search-based BI, the advanced builder, everything else that we build works directly off those data sources. So that really simplifies your stack. Now, and then, and the, the theory of the data native uh, approach is that those three access methods, Hadoop-based information, Kafka-based information, and object storage on the cloud yeah. is where the, the canonical, or at least the data warehouse, oriented data in the enterprise is going to end up. Yeah, so we see that trend, right? So it's absolutely like as your data volumes grow, you cannot keep uh, purchasing more and more expensive sort of legacy database platform installations to store that. It just doesn't make sense. So we see that trend very much today. Um, we also work with traditional platforms, right? So it's never the case in any organization that all your information is in the open source platform. There's like a lot of legacy here. There's like 50, 60 years of people building out uh, existing tools, right? So we connect to those as well. What's interesting about so the... So in other words, if you had a data warehouse, yeah. you could still bring that data into Arcadia. You could, like Arcadia connects directly to your data warehouse, it sends in SQL queries over ODBC, Got it. gets results back, and gives you that same functionality. We actually do things like search with Teradata, or with Oracle, or with MySQL, or Postgres as well, because we have an architecture that lets us do that, right? So, so that, it works in a very general way. But the bigger, the reason we do much more on these modern data platforms is that they happen to be open source and they happen to be open to innovation, right? So, you know, in the, like, 15 years back, if all your data was in Teradata or in Oracle or wherever else, the only way to access that information is to have a thin SQL pipe to that engine, send a request in, get a response back. That is literally the only interface into that system. There is no way you can run anything within the Teradata cluster or within the Oracle cluster that's not permitted by the vendor, right? With these open data platforms, what it's done is it's opened up innovation 
on the next level, right? So once you have a data platform that is standard and that is open, where there are interfaces to work natively within that platform, then companies like ours can now run technology within those platforms that give you so much more value as a business user. So that's that's been game changing in terms of why we are able to do so much more with data now. Well, I agree completely with the idea that the, the biggest lesson that we've learned from Hadoop is that the HDFS, the, the Hadoop file system, allows us to store arbitrary data cheaply. Right. And then I think that that is going to become that either whether it's you know the the files in Hadoop file system or the object store right. in the cloud right. are going to become much more important as a canonical form right. of data storage right. because you have that flexibility. You can use that one form of storage to support multiple different workloads. Yeah. Many different processing engines can access that same storage, yes. and, it, it's, it, and the storage is not captive to the processing engine. Yes. So I completely agree that you know that is a much more flexible approach. Yeah, and the flexibility that you get in terms of uh, the kinds of data you can store is very, very important, and that leads to a lot of it, right? The next thing is the openness of the interfaces. So there is no vendor that is locking in access to your data. Your data is now stored in this common open platform and other vendors can innovate on top of that and get you more value from it, right? So I think the, the flexibility is, is huge. The openness of the interface is huge as well, right? So to be able to do all of this stuff in parallel natively with your data is really important. So now the second uh, aspect of the data native approach is that you empower business users. Right. What do you mean by that? Because obviously the idea of self-service for BI users is not new. Yes. Um, it may be new to have actually a self-service, you know, BI that everybody really likes, yes. you know, and that, that isn't limited to super users or something like that. Yes. What do you actually mean by empower business users? So if you think about um, the typical ways in which cloud stores are used and Hadoop is used and Kafka is used, these tend to be locked in within data teams and IT teams, right? So if you work within IT and you're responsible for the platform, you have access to it. But if you are a business user and you need access to any of that data, you have to go to IT, they have to spin up a separate data warehouse or a data mart for you, move some information into that data mart and then give you access to it, right? So that's the trend today in how people tend to use these newer platforms. What Arcadia does is very, very different. Because we run within these platforms, we are able to give business users the power of those platforms with our self-service interfaces, right? So whether it's our web-based drag-and-drop UI that we've had for a long time that gives you this complete BI platform on your big data, or now with our search-based interfaces, if it's the Google-like sort of search interface, where you can just type in your question and get your answer back. The fact that that works natively with all of your big data sources that are in your organization means that business users are now empowered to use that data directly in a self-service way without going to IT, without worrying about budget of spinning up these separated data marts, without worrying about the 20 silos that are storing these use cases, like these 20 distinct use cases, and they have this, this shift of which silo do I go to today to ask this question, which silo do I go to tomorrow for a different question. Instead, there's a common data platform, it's secured, curated by your central organization, so there's no miscommunication of metrics across business teams that are using different silos, right? And then there are these simple web-based, search-based interfaces to go access them. Um, 
And so the idea is the business users are empowered to use these new categories of data right. that they would that they were previously blocked to them. That's right. Like typically the complex data structures, like when you have JSON-like data flows coming out of IoT devices, these are just impossible for business users to access. Like they have to go through this massive curation process, this relationalization and tabularization of data before they can get anything with it, which means any agile ad hoc questions you have about data are just impossible to answer. So, so all of that gets fixed with, with what we do, working natively with the data. And the other aspect to bring up here is the access to granular data, right? So many times you have rolled up information that's available with your traditional BI stack with your data marts and so on. But if you want to find out, like if you have an IoT use case and you want to find out about a particular device that's out in the field that's throwing out error measurements, you cannot do that through a traditional BI solution because the BI data is always aggregated, rolled up in a particular form. With Arcadia, because you're running on the native data platform, you can go right down to the details, understand specific customer requirements, specific customer interactions with you, understand like detailed IoT device interactions, like whatever makes sense to do, there's no limitations on the data you can access. Okay, the next topic that is part of the data native approach is the idea of operationalizing the data. Right. What do you mean by operationalizing the data? Right, so what I mean by that is, um, it's never, it's typically never the case that you want to look at data in some form, analyze the data in some form, and then it stops there, right? Like typically, once you've gotten some insight, once you've found the customers that are likely to churn, the devices that have errored out substantially, um, the best way to market, right? Once you figure all these things out, there's a next action to be taken. Like you want to download a list of email addresses that you can market to. You want to um, file a ticket so that someone can go fix this problem that you're seeing out there in the field, right? You want to share this insight with somebody else on your team so that you guys can work together on a solution. So the tool that you use to analyze your data has to tie in, in a very natural and seamless way, into the next action to be taken from whatever you find with the data as well, right? So that's important to Arcadia. So we have an actions framework that can call out into multiple systems that can send you alerts when the data thresholds go above a particular uh, a particular rate, right? So you know there's a problem that can page you or, or, or SMS you when that happens. Um, so that's important to us as well, this way of not just being a tool you go to to look at the data and then worry about what happens next, but also then taking the next action that makes sense to on that data. That's what we mean by operationalizing. I see. The idea is that uh, you're trying to able you're, you're able to have your dashboards essentially be alive and constantly monitoring, right? So that then when an event is is recognized, uh, it it can be then. Uh, something else can be triggered. Yeah, so we work with a large um, oil company that has oil wells out in the field. They have these like 15 screens uh, in their operational monitoring headquarters, right? Where they are looking at, constantly looking at readings that show up from the oil wells, right? There are all these devices in the oil wells that are sending pressure indications and so on. You know what happens is sometimes the oil wells are connected deep underground. So when you start working on one, the other one starts reacting, so that's how you figure out that they're connected, and that's how you figure out there could be a problem by doing too many of these at once, right, all that stuff. So, so in that environment, analysis is not an abstract thing that you go in, 
on you know on on Saturday morning on your time off and try to look at some information and get some insight this is an operational system that is used every day it's very very important and critical to the company like any days that the oil well is shut off they lose millions of dollars so it's a very important use case for them and in those cases the BI tool cannot be uh, like a separate analysis tool that's separate from the operational system. It has to be completely integrated with the operational system. They have to be able to respond to what they're seeing on the screen by taking immediate action. And if that action is driven from within the tool, as it is with our actions framework, that much better, right? You are immediately actionable. Excellent. So, um, and then the final aspect of data native approach is that you view data across all endpoints and users. Right. What do you mean by that? You basically, it's all about seeing all the angles of your data, yeah. including who, who's using it, including uh, you know all the different networks that are involved and all the different endpoints down to individual log files. Yeah, and this is, I think, back into uh, being in the post-big data era, right? So big data was all about uh, moving to a place where it's really, really easy to collect and store information, right? So what's happened over the last 10 years is customers have essentially, organizations have put all of this effort on monitoring and sending back home information from everything that they have out there, right? So we work, for example, on cybersecurity use cases within large financial services organizations where every device on their network is sending back heartbeat information, including what operating system, what version number, what applications are running on that device. Then there's a central collection that's looking at all this data coming in and flagging um, which of these devices should need to be upgraded or are problematic or have to be fixed in some way, right? Then that information is mapped back into an organizational map, right? So these devices are owned by persons X, Y, and Z. X and Y report up to this VP, Z reports up to this VP, so that you can then push on the VPs to say, make sure like your team is doing the worst in cybersecurity. You need to get your systems up to date. Here is a list of all the systems. Here is a list of all the people who own these systems that you need to work on, right? So you take this raw IoT stream of data that's coming in, you map it to an org chart and you map it up to responsibilities. You make it actionable by sending these emails and these alerts that are automated out to these gentlemen or these ladies who are responsible for these organizations, right? And that's how you drive real transformation in the company. It's no longer about somebody in IT or somebody in the security team looking at these reports and worrying about them. It's about how do you take this data you have that's very valuable, get it in front of the right people so that you can drive change in the organization. Right? So that's another example of how you can do that. And so, you know, summing everything up, you know, what do you see happens at customers when they start, the lights go on about the data native approach? Yeah. How do they characterize how it's different from the traditional ways of thinking about BI? It's typically very natural and very early. Like the, the problem that we have is that this is a very crowded marketplace. Everybody talks about analysis. Everybody talks about access to data, right? It's a very uh, standard set of talking points, but nobody does it the way we do. Like nobody has this native data approach. No one layers search-based BI and other tools on top of it, actions on top of it to make it completely native. What we find is when we talk to the customers, when we talk to the folks in the data team that own these problems, 
they tie they they latch onto the story right away like when we talk to the right person it's immediate for them the realization that this is what they've been looking for this is what they've not found so far right it's very natural like the motion of building a data lake is not that we're going to build this isolated massive monolithic backup system that's not going to be used operationally like when everyone built their data lakes when people are bringing streaming in it's all about analysis of the data it's not about data storage it's about data analysis right so when we talk to the right people the light bulb goes off right away they are very interested we see tons of success like we have a 90% proof of concept win rate which is unheard of like i've been in many startups before and it's very hard at this level to do it we have a great customer base right now and it's all because the it's a very obvious and natural uh, extension of what customers want to do with their data and then the motion for us is getting a few use cases going initially getting the business users to sign in move from whatever they were using into the new use cases and then grow within the organization as it catches on fire as the as the notion that it's so much easier to do this now they can be a lot more agile much less dependent on it a lot more self service this is what the business users are looking for too they don't want to go to it and talk about building up new data marts and new data platforms and worrying about the details they just want answers from the data and if they get it in a natural way it just catches fire excellent so we're going to put a link to the saving the data lake white paper that we created with arcadia data and mapr on the page that's associated with this podcast and thank you very much cecil i really enjoyed it thanks very much Tanner. it was a pleasure